recording. We are recording. Welcome to this morning's edition of Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I'm your host, Olga Peters. And of course, I said this morning because Representative Emily Kornheiser and I are actually recording this early in the morning and it will replay at 2 p.m on WBEW, but you can catch it earlier, right now, even on Facebook Live, if you're watching us. Thank you for being up this early in the morning. Emily, so big doings today. We, we hope. Yes. We hope. Yes. Fingers crossed. Fingers I put a big crossed. question mark in our description for the show today. <laughs> uh, we think the session's coming to an end, mm-hmm. which will be very exciting. Yes. Uh, but before we talk about the end of the session, we want to talk about another huge thing is, that is happening in November. If anyone missed it, it's called the, the election. And Vermont is starting to send out ballots. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this. So the election's November 3rd. We're getting enormous amount of national coverage over challenges with the voting system with the postal service, with people getting ballots, with disenfranchised voters in Florida, with Trump saying he's not gonna follow whatever the election is. Lots of fear being sown everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I am scared too. Um, And I, one of the things, one of the reasons I'm in this politics is because doing something within my own sphere of control really helps calm calm the nerves Mm -hmm. and so wanted to talk about how and we had um secretary condos jim condos our secretary of state on the show two months ago three Mm. months ago i don't know some point you can find it on the youtube if you want yes and august good braining that was just last month okay so was it (laughs) Um, So he came on the show and he talked about the plan for voting, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to sort of get repeat for people because I'm getting a lot of scared emails and Instagram messages and whatever else about voting in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And so want to explain some of the ways that our voting system is safe and secure and practically universal. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend a minute doing that. Which is a good minute because before you do, Emily, I think Mm -hmm. I want to touch on what you just said about fear. Mm -hmm. Um, VPR and Vermont PBS, along with Castleton University, did a poll recently. Um, and there are some areas of the poll that, that you pointed out, Emily, might need looking at. But one, the one piece we want to talk about is that the poll found that 40% of voters between the ages of 18 and 45 were less confident that the national election would be fair than those who were over 65. What happened to the 45-year-olds to like 50, 65-years-old? Oh, Gen X left out of everything. <laughs> yeah, There's only like, like 12 of us, so well. Yeah. Know, right? Yeah. Um, two of us are here, so who knows where the others are. Um, are, are feeling less confident in the, elect, the election system. And the, I think the reason that is a big deal, at least to me, and I'm guessing to you, is because one of the best ways to undermine institutions is to make the populace um, not confident in them. Mm -hmm. And that is a great power play in of itself because then people don't show up and then Mm -hmm. 
the elections get decided between very small numbers and that's that can yep. really swing things. Um, and so I'm glad we're talking about this today because we in Vermont need to show up. And, and so it's important to know that our system is, is working. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who really care that it works well. Yes, and careful people who work hard, mm -hmm. including our amazing town clerks. Um, so voter registration in Vermont is practically universal. It goes through the Department of Motor Vehicles for people who have non-driver ID cards and driver ID cards and is regularly matched up every time someone goes to the DMV to change their paperwork or whatever, that any address changes then get matched back up with the Secretary of State. In addition to that, folks with felonies in their history can vote as well as people who are currently incarcerated mm -hmm. and their vote counts back to their hometown. In addition to all of that, folks who are going to be 18 um, at the general election can vote in our primary. So some 17 year olds. And you can vote, you can register to vote on the day of the election even. Mm -hmm. So those are sort of how universal our voting is. What that means is that all of the people who don't vote, it's not because they can't vote, it's because they don't vote. And so, in Vermont. what? In, in Vermont. Vermont, in Vermont, this is not the case. <laughs> across the country and um, we could have another show where we talked about that sometime. It's very disturbing and upsetting and I think a big step backwards in history what's been going on with how many votes are being disenfranchised lately. But mm -hmm. um, everyone in Vermont who is rest registered to vote will receive a ballot in the Look mail. Look at that beautiful ballot. <laughs> yes, Vanna White that for mm -hmm. us. <laughs> it's pretty good at the hand, right? I've got it. Yeah, okay. very nice. So, mm -hmm, I watched a lot of TV as a kid. So anyway, here's the ballot. It came in the mail. The ballots are not going to come to everyone at the same time. So I got my ballot and Olga said, oh my goodness, I need to check my mail. Don't panic yet. They're going I don't out. live in Brattleboro. She does not. Emily's and in Brattleboro. Even more. They got sent out to Wyndham 2-1 in the first batch. They did not go to Wyndham 2-2 or Wyndham 2-3, which are the other two districts in Brattleboro. So they're going out in batches over the course of a few weeks. I have this, my district, Wyndham 2-1, West Brattleboro, happened to be one of the first districts that went out. The way they are figuring out how the districts go out is actually just a really fun math problem because they need to add up to a certain number, which is the size of the batch. So they're just like patching together districts that happened to sum to the right number, which I think would be very fun. And I hope they're doing it by hand and not with a computer. So <laughs> they're probably using their computer. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they're coming out in a course of a few weeks. So don't panic if you haven't received yours yet. However, if you still haven't received one by October 15th mm -hmm. or October 16th, which is my birthday, a great date to remember. If you have yes. not received your ballot by October 16th, then all you have to do is call your town clerk and say, hey, where's my ballot? Some town clerk's offices are closed. That doesn't mean that the town clerks aren't still working. I've called right. our town clerk a bunch of times in the last few weeks, and she always either answers the phone immediately or calls me right back. Mm -hmm. So just because the building's locked doesn't mean there's no one home. 
Yeah. And most town clerks have been really good about saying the office is open from such and such a time. I'm available. If you leave a message, I'll get back to you within so many days. So absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't get your ballot, don't panic. That's what you should do. But if you do get your ballot, it will come out in a course of a few weeks. It will look like this. It's pretty noticeable. I get a decent yeah. amount of junk mail now that I'm on all these legislative lists. <laughs> and um, yeah, Th it looks like this. It's pretty distinguishable. So yeah. once I receive my ballot, I can fill it out right away or I can hang out for a little bit while I gather more information. Vermont Digger is a great place to gather information about the candidates. Mm -hmm. Seven Days usually does a pretty good candidate profile. You can call the people on the ballot and just ask them questions. They're all accessible. There are a bunch of debates and forums going on. You can get in touch with your local party to learn more. Yeah, lots of options. VPR, Vermont PBS, and Vermont Digger all had forums this week. And I believe they're all up on their website. You can listen to the whole things. Wonderful things. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. And I think BCTV is actually doing interviews with every single candidate on the ballot, too. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what do you do with it when you finish it? You can Tell mail us, it. Emily. <laughs> There's a self-addressed stamped envelope inside. Well, it's not self-addressed. It's addressed. There's an addressed stamped envelope inside this envelope. I'm not going to open it yet. But what you can do with it is you can put it in your mailbox and ask your postal carrier to take it with you. You can go put it in the mailbox to get mailed. Those are all options. The Secretary of State is advising that you don't do that after like October 20th-ish to really give a lot of time for like two weeks for mailing. It's a lot of time, but to be safe. Mm -hmm. You have two other options. I'm laughing because I took, I took advantage of one of these options at the primary because so, I was a little unorganized. Two other options. One, you can, especially if you live in Brattleboro, there's a huge metal box in the parking lot of the town offices. So behind the town offices, you can mm -hmm. walk up all those stairs. It's the building between the library and the state office building. Very awkward stairs that desperately need to be fixed up because they're very uneven. Don't fall. Just walk up the stairs and go Use around the, to the parking lot. Or you can drive into the parking lot and actually just drive up to the box. You don't even have to get out of your car to mail mm -hmm. something. So you put it into the box. It's not a postal box. It's just a town clerk box. And, and there's a big sign. There. Big sign. I think they should paint it a brighter color. I'm actually maybe going to talk to them about that this week for fun. But anyway, put it in the box. Option two. So there was postal service. Some people are feeling nervous about that. Secretary of State recommends 14 days. Two, you can just put it in the box and then the clerk comes and gets it out of the box. And Three, most towns have some kind of drop off. Yep. Yes, and which are usually just used for tax payments. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's a new box with a new system that people have to figure out. It's an old box. Right. Not so old that it's decrepit, just old so that people know how it works. You, sh you should have, if, especially if you're a homeowner, you've probably used it before. Yes. Not if you have anything in escrow like I do, but onwards. Your third option is just to bring it to the town clerk. So you can make an appointment with the town clerk if you wanna hand it to a human. You could also rush in on election day. 20 minutes before the polls close. <laughs> Don't do that, but that's what Don't I'll get for the primary. Don't but do you can do it. You can do it because, and this is really important. I've got a lot of questions about this. So I'm gonna tell, you this too, Olga. Okay. The ballots just look like regular ballots and they just go zoop zoop. 
into the machine that counts them. So we have a paper ballot that has your vote in it, mm -hmm. no hanging chads, no nonsense like that. Probably there are a lot of people listening who are too young to know what a hanging chad is, but. Lucky so, them. <laughs> so goes on into the machine, it gets counted. So we have the digital count and the paper version so we can always recount. Mm -hmm. And ballots, under Vermont law, paper ballots have to be held onto for a certain amount of time after that election, kind of like a receipt. Um, so they can be audited and rechecked. Thank you. Yeah. So this will be counted along with all the other ballots. So the voting in person ballots are not going to be distinguished from the um, voting by mail ballots. They'll all be in the same mixed up pile of ballots. So it's not like one's going to be more legitimate than the other. They look the same. They're going to get counted together in the same machine. Good. And that is the second to last option. The last option is you can still go to the polls and vote. If mm -hmm. that feels safe to you, go for it. The polls will feel be free. open the as... The polls will still be open as yeah. an option for you. But these other options are also available. Many, many, many places all over the world, including states in the US, have been doing vote by mail for decades. In fact, the entire armed services, mm -hmm. that's how they vote. So safe, yep. secure, easy, and in Vermont, dependable, trustworthy, safe. Yes. Please go vote. Please, please, please vote. We don't, don't panic. we won't tell you who you should vote for. I won't even we... tell you who you should vote for. <laughs> And she's running for re-election. I am. Um, <laughs> but please, we want you to vote. Um, I have covered multiple, granted on the local level, but select board um, elections that have honestly been decided by one vote. One vote made the difference. Uh, as some will remember, um, Avery Schwenk and uh, Dick DeGray was one of the most recent select board elections oh, where it was really decided by that. one vote. So it happens. Yeah. You might be the one to make the difference. Safe, secure, and easy. I'm a person who often says, oh, well, I'll do that thing later when I have more attention to give to it. And, uh -huh. then, and then it gets on a little bit of a pile. Mm -hmm. um, I won't do that with voting because, you know, I'm running for office. But um, I do that with other things, census, forms for my kid, whatever. Don't do it with this. Just, like, Please get don't. it done. Because yes. also... If you vote early, all of the people who are trying to get out the vote won't have to waste their limited energy trying to get your vote counted. So you'll mm -hmm. get knocked off a bunch of lists of people who like v are like chasing you to get out the vote. So, Ah, does that also mean the number of text messages will go down as well? Um, Saying, I don't Can get I count any of those text messages, but- You don't? I don't, but um, yes you will get knocked off of all of the pester lists because you will have been checked off of them. Wow, that might actually make sure I get there before 20 minutes before the end of polls class. That's, a, that's the best incentive ever. Great, you might even, <laughs> you will probably also stop getting mail about it. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if anyone has any questions, reach out to the town clerk. You're welcome to reach out to either of us, but town mm -hmm. clerk's probably a better bet. Yes. And the Secretary of State's office, there's only like six people who work there, but they're all really nice and they call you back really fast. Mm -hmm. And people can also check out on the Secretary of State's office, the My Voter page, mm -hmm. uh, which every Vermonter has one. 
and you can change your address, you can request a ballot, you can do all sorts of things, not that you'll need to request a ballot this year, but mm -hmm. you can do kind of like take care of your voting self on, on that page. Your voting profile. Yes. Yeah, okay. So. So go out it. and vote. Go out and vote and do it. Do it with heart and a little bit of calmness because at least here in Vermont, your vote is safe. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and a lot of people have worked very hard to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Generations. Mm -hmm. So thank you. We hope you all go out and vote. Speaking of voting, Indeed. we would not, without voting, we would not have the legislature. And pros and cons there. Pros and cons. <laughs> uh, and this is, you know, I, I, as a reporter, I sometimes feel like when something goes on for a long time, I'm, I get to the point where I'm like, wait a minute, haven't we passed this legislation yet? Or haven't we finished this yet? Like, mm. I've been reporting on this for years. This session feels a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. um, it, usually for those who don't know, the legislative session runs from the beginning of January to anywhere between kind of April and June. Sometimes they, they try to get April. Sometimes it goes to June. But I think it's you only know. gone to June like twice ever. Twice ever? Yeah. Both times when I've been reporting. So that's why it's in my immediate mm -hmm. memory. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, usually the spring, we can say. And this session, obviously, it is not spring anymore. <laughs> As I look out on, on the hills and see splotches of red and orange. It is seriously autumn out there. It like happened overnight. Yes. It Someone, really did. It happened between, what day is it? Friday? I think it happened between Wednesday and Thursday. Yes. I think you're right. So strange. It just went, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's very strange. Is this the longest the session's ever gone? Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. And we did get that little month break in there. True. Where most committees still met and yeah. still work. That's, that's why it doesn't seem like you. Cause yeah. <laughs> um, and that's also why I'm like extra um, funny today. I'll call it that. That's why I'm extra funny today. That's why I have such a good sense of humor today because it's been a very long week because we've been working so hard to pass some final bills and pass the budget. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Emily? No. Because it's been such a funny week. Mm -hmm. Guess what I, st I forgot to do when we started filming? Record the audio? Well, that too. But I know oh. we have the, the backup of the, the Zoom video. So that mm -hmm. does not panic me. What I did forget to do, though, was start timing. Oh, OK. <gasps> you know what? I bet one of my devices will tell me. Awesome. So while Emily's doing that and kind of saving my bacon, because you know, as a host, I kind of need to make sure everything mm -hmm. fits within the time slot for WVEW. Um, Yes, this has been a weird session. It's been a long session. Lot, um, you know, it started normally, and then about March, when when everything happened with COVID, the legislature. I have to say, they pivoted, like right on a dime, and um, started addressing COVID issues, and that was great. I'm, I was really impressed with how fast the legislature legislature pivoted. But it also meant that a lot of the, the kind of quote unquote normal things that need to get done during the legislative session just got pushed back. Um, We're at 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 
Awesome. It was 1933 when I looked, and then I think you probably talked for, I don't know, okay. a minute. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were some of the, the kind of normal things that got pushed back, Emily? Whew, normal things that got pushed back. So um, the budget didn't get pushed back because we were busy with COVID. The budget got pushed back because there was so much unknown about both the state of our regular tax base revenue, um, given that tax deadlines had actually even been moved by three months because of the pandemic at the national level, federal level. Um, And then also because we didn't know what our COVID relief funds would look like and how much, um, how flexible those funds would be. So the budget got pushed back, that's a huge one. So we just Mm -hmm. passed our first quarter budget and now we're passing the full budget. Um, other things that got pushed back, we had some main prior, all of our main priorities for the year got pushed back. So Global Warming Solutions Act, um, cannabis reform, significant criminal justice reform legislation. Oh, I had a list on my computer and then when I was looking up the time, I forgot. Um, those are the big ones that are standing. There was significant Act 250 reform, which right, um, I don't right. think is actually going to make it across mm-hmm. the metaphoric finish line in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the big ones that we've passed this last week or two and are going to finish right. passing today. So okay. Global Warming Solutions Act, cannabis reform, um, and really significant criminal justice reform. Okay. And yes, we had Laura Sebelia on the show last week. And one of the things we talked about was the Global Warming uh, Solutions Act. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was kind of fun to see that it passed this week or (laughs) overrode the governor's veto, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, So what needs to be wrapped up today? Um, Let's see. So the cannabis reform package that passed this week. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's done. That's going to the governor. Still not clear if he's going to sign it or not. Okay. And then um, we passed significant criminal, we passed some criminal justice legislation. It went over to the Senate. I think they amended. So we still need to concur. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unlikely at this point that we would further amend, but we actually, I think, still have an amendment left. You can, there's like two amendments and then it goes to a conference committee. The body has been, meaning the House and the Senate, has been really trying to avoid committees of conference right now. They're given the very tight timeline and that they're just very hard via Zoom and logistics and Mm. other things. In the, when we were in a physical building together, people would just sort of like find time to wind up in a corner, really. Right. Um, I mean, not quite that informally, but it was just easier to do the logistics on it. And that's very hard right now. So um, really trying to just sort of get um, more compromises between the two bodies via amendments. So um, those pieces are use of force bills, um, significant reforms in police training and police hiring practices. And I can get into more details on those things if you'd like. Um, and then um, mental health clinicians that are embedded. Um, there was a lot of dispute about whether those should be in the Department of Mental Health or in um, police departments. There's body cams. There's sort of like your um, 
standard modernization package, I will call it, mm -hmm. that is really quite cutting edge legislatively. I feel like a little bit behind the curve in terms of what we need to be doing, but really good work. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's really exciting. And then, let's see, we overturned the veto on the Global Warming Solutions Act. Um, and then there's like other small things that need to, um, less controversial things that need to pass today, but still just sort of happen to be bouncing back and forth. So um, like we finished off a bill about tree wardens yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bill about endangered species and um, their sale within Vermont, which is called um, covered animal parts, hmm. so awkward. Mm -hmm. That passed, but I think might still be. The Senate finished it yesterday. I don't know if it still has to come back again. I'm not sure if they amended or not. There's like a lot of weird little bills that were like mm -hmm. a committee's priority, but like not really the body's priority. Gotcha, gotcha. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Emily. We are, we need to go to break for WVEW and hear from some of our underwriters and our sponsors who we are very grateful for. And the Montpelier Happy Hour on WVW 107.7 LP Brattleboro will return after. Welcome back to the second half of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I am your host, Olga Peters, representative Emily Kornheiser is here with us today. And as a reminder, all the opinions expressed here on this show are ours and ours alone and not those of the radio station. So, Emily, now that we, in the first half of the, the show, we talked about the legislative session and why everyone should go out and vote and that it's easy to vote, um, let's transfer to the budget and you also want to talk about a labor bill. Well, I forgot in my roundup of things that we passed in the flurry of the last few days. Um, another bill that I'm really excited about is a labor bill. Um, and so that is, um, I lost the bill number. There it is, S254, in case anyone's really going to look that up. S254 is um, a fix, basically. We're working on a series of fixes to something that was called the Janus decision, which was a federal decision that happened a number of years ago that really took it was a huge step back for union rights and union organizing mm -hmm. and so we had a lot of things that we did not have in statute on the state level because they were in statute on the federal level that we are now um along with so many of the other bills we've passed in the last three years basically we are trying to create sort of a vermont that works for all of us um, mm -hmm. in opposition to a federal government that does not have that as a priority. Right. And so this is one of the many ways that we're sort of creating a bubble around Vermont to protect Vermonters and union organizing is one of those things. So what it does is um, when a union is getting organized, and maybe we should have a much longer show on this sometime. I think we should, I think we should, because I think for a lot of people, at least in my sphere, Mm -hmm. Union is a very charged word. Yes. And it's a yes. very dirty word. Yeah. Uh, so I, yes, I think we definitely should have. Yeah. 
So anyway, this bill, the main thing it does is it shortens the timeline to form a union. If a lot of, if the majority of the folks in a business want to form a union, it means that the union formation will happen faster and it sets a clear timeline so that both sides know that that's the timeline. Whereas um, more recently and after the Janus decision, a business owner had as long as they sort of wanted to um, agitate against the union. Okay. So, um, and this sort of, and like no one knew how long that would be. So hmm. this sort of sets clear guidelines so everyone's on the same page. There's other things in there too, but that's sort of the main piece. So cool. the budget. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about the budget, um, is that the Senate likes to make it into something called a Christmas tree, which is one of the things. Um, Do tell. It's like a funny <laughs> legislative word, but it means like you have the structure of a bill, like a tree, and then you hang all these ornaments off of it. Okay. I generally find like Christmas, baseball, metaphors, all of those very confusing because they, I don't really understand them, but I get this one. So um, they put a lot of sort of bills that were having trouble getting across the finish line because of process stuff and minor disagreements. They like to just like scoop them out of their bill skin and put them onto the Christmas tree. And this is a terrible visual metaphor I'm creating here. I, I'm starting them, to see hanging yeah. meat when you talk yeah, about skin. I'm yes. so sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, they like to put them all into the budget and that's sort okay. of an ongoing disagreement about how we shouldn't have policy in the budget because yeah. we, lose, um, we lose the conversation in the committees. It makes more sense in the Senate where there's such a smaller body that they can have those conversations much more openly. And mm -hmm. you know, it's a much larger majority of the body that's on their appropriations committee that might be serving on policy committees, but because they serve on two committees. Anyway, that's also another process story that probably no one other than you know three people will be interested in. But true, but it happens. impacts how things how things are done in the Senate versus the House. It does. It does. Yeah. So um Things that have, so we're, that was sort of being figured out. The final budget got figured out last night, agreed to at 10 p.m. And here are some highlights. Does that sound good? That sounds great. And we'll dive into you, like, I'll go through the highlights and you pick which ones would be fun to talk about. More. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Great. Um, and want to sort of remind listeners that while there is much talk about financial strain in um, state governments right now. Vermont's financial picture is really, really solid for this fiscal year that we are budgeting. Mm -hmm. Partly because tax revenues actually came in higher on meals and rooms and sales tax than we thought they would after COVID happened. We really yeah. like, narrowed that gap. And we got one of the highest COVID relief packages per capita of any state um, because of something called small state minimums that we're not going to talk about right now. But we um, received an enormous amount of money per capita of COVID relief funds. So that really also helped um, close the gap and allowed us to do some stuff we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So yes, that's exciting. This is really a full budget that we're talking about here. It is not an austerity budget. So um, restructuring bridge funding for Vermont State Colleges. 
Down in Brattleboro, even down in Wyndham County, we do not think about the Vermont State Colleges outside of CCV as much as everyone else in the entire state thinks about them because we do mm -hmm. not have a Vermont State College here. But if you have gone to a Vermont State College or had a child go to a Vermont State College or hire people out of the Vermont State College system, you know that it's a very important part of the education system in Vermont. It is accessible, it is affordable, it is close to home while still like a full four-year experience for people. And there are some very specialized training programs at some of the state colleges that are sort of essential to Vermont economy, like, um, what's the weather? What's it called when people? Meteor, meteorology. meteorology. There's like a really important meteorology department at one of them, which it's just one of those little things that you learn in the yeah. legislature that you're like, oh, look, here's a thing yeah. that I'll know forever now. Okay. Yeah, there are some cool things happening at Vermont Col state colleges. Yes. Um, and so this is bridge funding because the state colleges were essentially so far underwater that they said we are closing next week unless you legislature do something. They've been chronically underfunded. Vermont puts less money into our higher education system than I think any other state in the country. Interesting. In including UVM. The Vermont State Colleges and UVM are separate from each other for some reason that I don't understand. That has something to do with history that I will figure out eventually, but not today. And um, we don't really appropriately fund either our Vermont State Colleges or UVM or our community college system. So the tuition is quite high for those places and people cannot afford that. And so um, the system was in deep crisis. It's clear that we need to come up with a new system for administering those, for administering and funding the state colleges. This is bridge funding in the meanwhile of um, $28.5 million total in order to make it through a planning cycle to figure out mm -hmm. what comes next. Okay, interesting. $5 million for equity payments to Vermonters who are left out of federal stimulus payments. That is that exciting. Is what we talked about last week, and that's money um, mostly to folks who don't have social security numbers or who are married to people who don't have social security numbers who did not receive equity payments from the federal government in March. Mm -hmm. Was that March? March. Yeah. Or April. Um, a lot of Vermonters didn't get those. This is a way of making those whole and saying we're all Vermonters. We all need this opportunity right now. One and a half million dollars for the Vermont Economic Development Authority, um, which is called VITA. It's like almost like a, it's like a state lending institution. It's a, um, we'll talk more about that some other time. Yeah, but they do interesting things, but it's it's not easily explainable things. It would be fun <laughs> to have them on the show. I really. It would be. Yeah. I'd okay. Let's do that. Are you writing that down so we don't? Forget? I am. Great. So um, that is a match for the communications union districts. Ah, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. an one and a half million dollars. So it's in grants. So it's three million dollars for communications union districts. Those are the coalitions of folks across the state who have come together to try to solve internet on a local level. And we have one here in Wyndham County. Yep. That would also be maybe something fun to talk about more at another show. There is half a million dollars, $450,000 for the Global Warming Solutions Act. Um, and that's for the Agency of Natural Resources to administer the Global Warming Solutions Act. So it's okay. basically to pay the people who are gonna work on it. 
Okay. Um, building capacity for the Agency of Natural Resources to actually work on issues of global warming, which they have not done up until this point. Okay. Um, there's more funding for telecommunications planning and a PEG study. PEG is our public access TV stations because mm -hmm. of a, this is another one of the ways we're sort of protecting Vermont from federal changes. Right. Because of a federal shift in how cable companies are administered and regulated, our local access stations experience a significant revenue decline and need support. And this is a way of figuring out how to support them. And if someone's like, what's a peg station? Brattleboro Community Television in Brattleboro, for example, and Fact uh, TV in Bellows Falls is another example. Thank you. You're welcome. Just keeping it tactile. Absolutely. An appropriation for justice reinvestment too, which I will talk about for one second in one second, and more importantly, establishing a method to allocate future savings. So hmm. justice reinvestment says, we know that incarcerating people and keeping them incarcerated for a long period of time is not in the best interest of either our communities and the people being incarcerated, nor our state budget. Because incarcerating people is the most expensive possible solution to deal with criminal justice issues. Mm -hmm. So a um, bunch of investments up front in restorative justice programs, um, in reentry programs, in housing for reentry programs, all of those things so we can get people who are ready to leave prison uh, uh, back into our communities. Mm -hmm. And so we can keep people from going to prison through restorative justice programs. This is sort of the upstream downstream thing, right? Right. So by spending this money, that appropriation upfront, we will be saving money long-term by not putting people and getting people out of prison. The question is, if we are going to, sorry, there's a person walking around. I don't know if they're gonna need me or not. I'll find out if they knock yeah. on the door. Um, <laughs> if, but what we want to be really, really careful about is this money that we're going to save in the prison system. We want to be mm -hmm. really, really careful that when we save this money, one second, excuse me. Live, but, and now I'm speaking to folks on the radio. We blanked out there for a moment because Emily had to go and answer her door because someone knocked on it and needed help, and that's life. Um, I'm curious. I love working from home. It's so exciting. All the it's time. so like personal so and private, all like all together. Um, um, I, so, I'm curious. I yes. just want to say something quickly, Please. Emily, before you go on. We would love to hear from listeners. You can leave us a message on the Vermontitude Facebook page or on Emily's uh, Facebook page. Love to hear from listeners, like, what is their priority for the budget? Like, what would you like to see funded? I'm just really curious what people would say. So oh. I hope people reach out with that. Me too. And back to Emily giving us highlights on the budget. And again, these are highlights. There's a whole lot of stuff in the budget that I am not mentioning. Highlights. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if like my highlights aren't the same as your highlight. And there might be things in here that are like I actually have as highlights, but I'm not mentioning. Who knows? But this is really exciting. So we are saving money, hypothetically, it's just this reinvestment, that's what it's called. But mm -hmm. unless we're careful, the money that we're saving from the criminal justice system, from prisons, will actually just like go poof off into the air of some other line item. Mm -hmm. But what we really want to do with it 
is invested, again, is reinvested in restorative justice programs, in community integration programs, in the kind of justice that is just, mm -hmm. right? Um, and not just trauma and suffering and mm -hmm. removal. So this is a, like a mechanism to make sure that we're not just gonna, it's called notwithstanding, but like making sure that we're really going to be reinvesting that funding, not just letting it drift off once we've saved it. Because that's the only way this will actually work as a systems change. Um, we are putting back in funding that got pulled out at some point for micro business development and match savings programs. Those are both programs to build um, both financial literacy and financial capacity for low-income folks. So those are Fantastic. like really, really, they both based in the community action agencies and the treasurer's office. They are programs for low-income folks to save and save to start small businesses and to set up small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of money to the court system, community high school funding, funding for the Human Rights Commission, the Council on Arts and Humanities, a bunch of money for highways because this is Vermont and we have a lot of roads, so leveling <laughs> and paving and highways as well as EV incentives and public transit ridership incentives, so trying to sort of move beyond our standard way of doing business and really thinking about what it would mean to have public transportation in a rural context. Mm -hmm. Fascinating in of itself. Indeed. Um, and then the CRF funding um, went back in for more. You know, we talked a while ago, we passed a whole package, almost a billion dollars of CRF funding. Now we're seeing CRF funding is? COVID relief funding. Thank you. So we passed almost a billion dollars in COVID relief funding that we got from the feds, but now we're saying, okay, we have three months left to spend this. Are people spending it? Do we need to reallocate it? Here's what happened with that. Um, $20 million was split between UVM and independent colleges. Mm -hmm. Independent colleges are really important parts of communities and economies all over Vermont. I think yeah. Brattleboro knows that better than most. And they really don't quite fit into the mechanisms for businesses that we set up or the mechanisms for nonprofits we set up. So really calling oh, them out. And it's really one of the first times in state government we've said like these institutions are important to our communities, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think really fits into a long, you know, a priority of the legislature right now of making sure that young people are, you know, attracted and retained in our communities. Um, more money for business grants and marketing. An exciting piece. Um, we know that the federal government extended unemployment benefits an extra $300 for a short period of time. And we were enabled in that legislation to add an extra $100 on top of that. And that's what we're doing here. So mm -hmm. even though we're not at that $600 a week that originally passed anymore, we're still doing as much as we possibly can to keep unemployment benefits at um, something that families can try to live on mm -hmm. while so many people are out of work. Um, I'm really excited about that one. Mm -hmm. um, ex expanding hazard pay. Oh. So when we originally passed it, we received guidance from the feds that can only go to healthcare workers essentially and right. work directly with high risk COVID populations. That's now been 
extended a little bit and so can include folks who work at grocery stores and worked at grocery stores during that sort of first peak COVID time, um, folks who work in early care and education settings, nursing homes. It's a, um, it's a pretty extensive list that I'm not going to read right now. Mm. But I think when we originally passed hazard pay, it's basically the people that we thought of that were not actually in the, that legislation. It's right. who you think of as an essential worker. It's all of the people that were going to work that first month when everything was shut down. Um, money for the EMS workforce and for adult day programs and for Meals on Wheels, which are all programs that really had to shift significantly because of yes. COVID because they were worked with vulnerable populations, generally in congregate settings and can't anymore. And so mm -hmm. really acknowledging that they've had to shift significantly and need funding for that. Um, there is money to embed clinicians in public safety. Um, basically in police departments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's sort of a longstanding, that's a conversation that's been happening all across the country. Um, right. And then some fun stuff for downtown tax credits and VSAC. And wow. a lot of other stuff, but those are those things. That's a lot getting done. We, we mm -hmm. only have a, a couple minutes left, mm -hmm. Emily. Yeah. So I'm curious from your perspective as someone who, who worked on a lot of aspects of this budget, mm -hmm. Given all the givens, how are you feeling about it? Do you think it, it hit the places that it needed to hit the most or funded, um, I should say? I have a theory of change about the economy. Like I believe that the economy is driven by the people working within it mm -hmm. um, rather than sort of a trickle down approach. Yeah. And so it was really, really important to me that if we are going to keep Vermont um, vibrant and sustainable and meeting people's needs that we need to get money directly to workers. And so we have a few places in this budget that really does that. And I'm very happy about that. So that feels okay. like, and we also, um, again, passed these, you know, increased union protections. Um, we've expanded unemployment. We, all of those tweaks I was talking about last week um, have passed now. Mm -hmm. And so, or about to pass today. And so that feels like some balancing. Um, we're still, and there are places in here where we're also being proactive. So I, I'm glad about that. Um, mm -hmm. We are not still not being as proactive as I would like us to be. I think we still have a quite large crisis on our hands in the future and we mm -hmm. need to be thinking to that. Um, but this is absolutely like a steady state, stable budget that Vermonters can depend on. And I will keep us out of the depths of crisis right now. And that feels really, really good. That's fantastic. Um, before we go, I, I just want to highlight one thing you said about crisis and responding to crisis and keeping the state out of crisis and being proactive. And I just want to acknowledge what a huge shift that is. I think for a lot of people, we're like, well, that's total common sense. Be proactive rather than responding in a crisis. And yet, when you think about a lot of our human services um, systems, they are built for crisis. They are not necessarily built for proactive. Um, and I think that's how a lot of people frame a lot of social needs. Um, and so I just want to highlight that that is a big shift to be proactive. I mean, we should celebrate this to a certain extent. It is. Um, and that's why, um, you know, the Global Warming Solutions Act while it's about climate change is also a really um, clear example of the legislature acknowledging that our 
day-to-day -day system of sort of proposing legislation, debating it, passing it in a two-year cycle does not enable the kind of comprehensive planning work mm. that we mm -hmm. need to do to be proactive about the challenges of our times. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're also making steps on sort of figuring out mechanisms for more proactive work in the future. And so that's really exciting. That is exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, we are out of time today for the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I'm your host, Olga Peters. Thank you, regular contributor and representative Emily Kornheiser. You can find the happy hour at 2 p.m. on WVEW. You can also find us on YouTube as well as the Vermontitude Facebook page and SoundCloud page. Emily, where can people find you if they have questions? EmilyKornheiser.org is a great place to start. It links to my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds, as well as having my email address and my phone number. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., I'm hosting a community conversation via Zoom. You can find the link to that at any of the places I just mentioned. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hey, have a great weekend. Yeah.